Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading uh, 2 Corinthians. Now, last time we read chapter 7, where Paul had praised the Corinthians for making the changes that they needed to make and for, you know, repenting and, uh, and bringing themselves in line with, you know, following his instructions from the first letter, really, basically. And uh, the fact that they were willing to do so, and 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 they did do that with uh, Titus there to help them. Now, um, here in chapter 8, he's going to also um, praise and commend them for uh, for their, their giving. Uh, giving to, um, there's a number of churches that were giving, taking up collections and, and holding money. Uh, to be sent to Jerusalem to help uh, the folks there. The, uh, the saints in Jerusalem were uh, were having uh, some severe, like, uh, oh, I wanted to say drought or famine, but a severe issue um, that they were sending them some funds to help out with. Now, were there other things involved that were being sent? I'm not sure, but just telling you what I do know. Okay, so this is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and Paul's going to, again, like I said, be commending them. Now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you about the grace of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, awakening in them a longing to contribute. For during an ordeal of severe distress, their abundant joy and their deep poverty together overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave voluntarily, begging us insistently for the privilege of participating in the service for the support of the saints in Jerusalem. Not only did they give materially as we had hoped, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to us as his representatives by the will of God, disregarding their personal interests and giving as much as they possibly could. So we urge Titus that as he began it, he should also complete this gracious work among you as well. But just as you excel in everything and lead the way in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in genuine concern, and in your love for us, see that you excel in this gracious work of giving also. I'm not saying this as a command to dictate to you, but to prove by pointing out the enthusiasm of others, the sincerity of your love as well. For you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich, abundantly blessed. I give you my opinion in this matter. This is to your advantage. Who were the first to begin a year ago not only to take action to help the believers in Jerusalem, but also the first to desire to do it? So, to, so, uh, okay, hold, <clears throat> pardon me, verse 11. So now finish this so that your eagerness in desiring it may be equaled by your completion of it according to your ability. For if the eagerness to give is there, it is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. For it is not intended 
that others be relieved of their responsibility and that you be burdened unfairly, but that there be equality in sharing the burden. At this present time, your surplus over necessities is going to supply their need, so that at some other time their surplus may be given to supply your need, that there may be equality. As it is written in the scripture, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not lack. So he is commending and encouraging them to give. Notice he's talking about them to give of their surplus, not to give from what they need. They need to make sure that they are taking care of their business, paying their bills, taking care of their family. This is something we all need to realize and understand. When we're giving to the church, when we're giving to God's work, He's wanting us to give out of our surplus, not, you know, don't, don't say you're not going to pay your power bill or you're not going to feed your family and give that money to the church. That's, that's not right. That's, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You make sure that you're giving this money that you can afford to give, that it will go to help and bless others, but you know, you need to make sure you're doing it in the correct way. Don't take money that you and your family really need. Okay? And there may be times where you're not able to give, but you always have time or, or effort or something that you can give into God's kingdom, into God's work. So that it doesn't always have to be money. Okay? Though money is something that we talk about and that is something that we do, and we do give of that resource, um, we give out of that abundance that God blesses us with, but we don't, we don't take from necessity, from what we have to have, from what we need to make sure that we're living up to our commitments, to our family, you know, to our bills and all that. So, and the idea here, too, is that, you know, those who gather much, you know, some people are just, for whatever reason, maybe it's the business they're in or whatever they're doing, some people just, they, they have more, they make more, and um, if they share that out, because, I mean, how much can you gather and keep? How much... How much is enough? When are you going to be satisfied? If if you're raking in, you know, millions of dollars, you know, at what point do you say, hey, I think I can share this out with with others in need, you know, um, so that they will not have lack? Because he says, you know, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not lack. And that's because that person who had the abundance shared with that person that did not. Now, and that's what we're supposed to do as Christians, not, this is not like a uh, um, a strict commandment per se, but this is something that we should do out of love and caring for each other. So it does go back to uh, loving our neighbor as ourselves. There is, you know, there is a certain limit to where, and, and, and you have to, you know, you have to figure that out with God, where your limit is, I mean. There is a certain amount of abundance where when you hit that point, I mean, when is it enough? When are you like, well, 
wow, that's enough. I don't really need all the rest of this. I need to find a way to to share this out. Yeah. So anyway, so he's dead. But here they're talking specifically about giving. Um, and this was intended to help the saints in Jerusalem at this at this time, according to everything I read. And, and it's, a, it's an excellent example of one thing that churches can do to help one another, to help other believers. I don't think it's meant to be an exclusionary example where this is the only way and the only thing you can do to help. Um, I think it's also perfectly fine to help the poor and the needy in your community and things like that. Um, others would disagree. That's fine. I'm not really going to argue that. I'm just saying that uh, uh, we have these good examples for a reason. They they aren't necessarily meant to be though um, exclusive or exclusionary examples where this is the only option. It's just meant to be an example for us to to see and note. Anyway. <clears throat> Let's continue on with verse 16. But thanks be to God who puts this same genuine concern for you in the heart of Titus. For Titus not only accepted our appeal, but was so very interested in you that he has gone to visit you of his own accord. And we have sent along with him the brother who is praised in the gospel ministry throughout all the churches. And not only this, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us in regard to this gracious offering, which we are administrating, no, administering, for the glory of the Lord himself, and to show our eagerness as believers to help one another. We are taking precaution so that no one will find anything with which to discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. They're being very careful to account for everything and make sure that everything's only up enough. For we have regard for what is honorable and above suspicion, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. They don't want to make the mistake of allowing anyone to have something to accuse them of, so they're, they're really trying to be careful in all their accounting of the, <clears throat> excuse me, of these finances. So, and that's what we should do in our churches as well. We should make sure to keep everything counted and accounted so that we know where the money is and how it is and what's being done with it and what's you know what's what's in the accounts <clears throat> make sure that we're keeping very accurate records so that no one can accuse us of anything we have sent with them our brother whom we have often tested and found to be diligent in many things but who is now even more diligent than ever because of his great confidence in you as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker in your service, and as for the other two brothers, they are special messengers of the churches, a glory and credit to Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore show these men in the sight of the churches the proof of your love and our reason for being proud of you. Now he mentions these special messengers, and here um, it does make a mention of they are called apostles, but whether they were original apostles or not, that, that it doesn't seem like they were probably one of the original apostles, but here they are special messengers, which basically is an apostle. So um, I don't know if we really need to make that distinction or not, but it's just something to note. 
Therefore show these men in the sight of the churches the proof of your love and our reason for being proud of you. So here he's commended them and he's telling them of these folks who are coming to them. Titus is, sounds like Titus also is returning to them. So um, they are taking, you know, the gift, the offering that they have and they're accounting for it very carefully and they're going to make sure that there's no reason for anyone to um, be able to accuse them for any, of anything, of any wrongdoing with that money, and they're going to take that and make sure that the saints in Jerusalem get that. So, so okay, that is chapter 8 of Second Corinthians. Um, it is a good example of uh, how we should give um, when we give to the, the work of our church or the work of God's kingdom. Uh, when we give to uh, charities, you know, we should try to give as we can out of our surplus. We should not, you know, we should not be taking uh, money from our families, from what they need. And uh, and we should not unduly, we should not be unduly burdened, you know, with the idea of, of giving. Because it's, you know, it's it's not like you're supposed to be giving when you're, um, when you can't, you know, it's supposed to be a burden shared, and those who have that that excess, that surplus, you know, will give in. I mean, maybe I can give five dollars, and somebody else can give twenty, and I'm just using these numbers as examples, and um, that's fine. You know, maybe you don't have, maybe you're like the little old lady who you, all you can give is maybe a quarter, but that's something you can give whatever you can give. Maybe you have no money to give, but you can give time. You can help someone or do something uh, nice for someone in some way. So there's all kinds of ways to give and be generous and to care for others. Um, it doesn't always have to be money. So, all right. Again, Second Corinthians, that's chapter 8. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.